Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today's topic, I think, is going to be an exciting one for our listeners. We're talking all about essential oils, and we're joined by two guests today, our Extension Specialist for Nutrition and Health, Dr. Heather Norman Burdoff, as well as our Extension Specialist for Family Health, Natalie Jones. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be here. Like I just said, that I think that this is a topic that is really going to interest our listeners. We hear so much in the popular press, in the news, just scrolling through through ads on social media or different maybe groups that we might be part of in social media, conversations about essential oils. How much as we as consumers do we actually know about essential oils? And so I'm glad that we're going to have the opportunity today to have that conversation. So let's just get started with the basic basics of what are essential oils. Right. So essential oil is a natural product that is extracted from a single plant species. So not all plants can produce an essential oil, um, but in the plants that do, the essential oil can be found in the roots, the stem, leaves, flowers, or fruit of that plant. And so the oil is obtained by distilling that plant. And then the fragrance is a characteristic of that source. These have been used for centuries. And like you said, their popularity has has recently soared, especially around people looking for that holistic, natural healing option. So you mentioned the scent, which is where I assume kind of the aromatherapy idea comes in with essential oils. What is the difference actually between aromatherapy and essential oils? Exactly. So basically, these terms mean the same thing. Exactly what you said. Aroma- That's good to know. <laughs> right, right. So they can be used synonymously. So aromatherapy is a bit deceiving because I think it does imply that essential oils smell nice when there are a lot of essential oils that do not have a pleasant odor. (laughs) However, that smell, you know, it's very subjective. Smell is subjective. So, but the name aromatherapy does imply it only being used through smelling or inhaling, but people use essential oils for different reasons and in several ways. However, research on the effectiveness of aromatherapy and the essential oils for that therapeutic use, again, um, oils extracted from a plant is very limited. So we just want to keep that in mind. And I do think probably since their popularity is growing, we're going to start to see some more literature and research behind them, hopefully so. Which would be great to help inform consumers. And Natalie, one thing that you just mentioned is that essential oils are used in so many different ways, some of which may or may not be safe for consumers, mm-hmm. as, as you talked about, Heather, that, that maybe we don't nece- do not necessarily have the, the research there. But what uh, generally are considered to be appropriate ways to use essential oils? So really the clinically supported applications of using essential oils is either through inhalation or a topical treatment. So those are the two really that there's the most literature and the most research behind. Um, Many people will use or choose the specific essential oil based on the ailment or the issue that they're trying to relieve or cure. And the application method really depends on the health condition that the individual and the type of oil that you're using. So those are big things to keep in mind. It is not recommended to ingest essential oils. If you do, (laughs) some people say that you need to induce vomiting, but really that's not the case. Um, Once we've talked to UK 
healthcare. They say maybe it's going to upset your stomach. You may drink a glass of milk, something that's really basic to kind of calm your stomach down, but you, you don't have to. You can rinse out your mouth, um, but it is not recommended that we ingest them. It's also not recommended to apply the essential oils to places we call mucous membranes. So like the inside of your mouth or the inside of your nose, we want to kind of try to stay away from that as well. There are no medically endorsed lists either of essential oils that specify which oil is specific for treating a particular health condition. So there's no list out there like that. Um, And that's where an area I think that the literature and research in the future can kind of help us. Definitely, definitely could greatly inform. So again, just kind of to reiterate that from a clinical aspect that someone should either only inhale or breathe in or apply topically to their skin. They should not ingest the essential oils. Right, exactly. Inhaled or indirectly applied to the skin. And so that's where a lot of things, there's that massage or lotions or Mm -hmm. different bath salts that people use. And so some people do say, again, some different oil manufacturers may say, like, it's okay to take it orally, but research on that safety is not there yet. Um, So we do not recommend that that takes place. And then in the the law right now, it says that for U.S., the ingestion of any essential oils is only recommended under supervision of a licensed healthcare provider. So I want to keep that in mind, too, Mm -hmm. if people are talking to someone about aromatherapy or essential oils, just to remember that really talk to your healthcare provider before you ingest anything. And I I think that that that's a great point as well, because, again, I just feel like that the popularity has surged so much and that we do, especially on social media, see a lot of information about essential oils that just we as consumers have to remember to vet that information and really go to to true resources to find out if it's safe or not. Absolutely. Right. So there are some techniques and different ways of using aromatherapy that is safe and that's popular. I think the main one is diffusers. People have that around their homes. Steam a way of having essential oils. However, that is not recommended for children under seven. People have different sprays or like Heather mentioned, like a compress Mm -hmm. um, or a massage. Those things we feel are safe to do so. It's just that any ingestion of an essential oil, talk to your healthcare provider. In general, is it safe to add essential oils to your bath water? Yes, (laughs) as long as you're not like going underneath the water with your They are a common ingredient found in a lot of bath salts Mm -hmm. or those bath bombs and things like that. So thinking about safety concerns, are there things that consumers need to be thinking about in terms of safety with the use of essential oils? Yes. So for they're really not for use in children under the age of two or kids that weigh um, less than 20 kilograms, which is around 44 pounds. So we really want to be mindful if they're small infants or toddlers in the house, um, even with an inhalation method, they are being exposed to that. And really, there's not enough literature out there there to say that they're safe during pregnancy. Um, there are some, some specific essential oils, really, that you should stay away from when um, you're pregnant. And there are even some that are discouraged when you're breastfeeding. So if you are still very much exposed to an infant very closely in that way, then um, you might need to back off from those. And those really who have compromised breathing or asthma that's pretty severe, you might want to be leery of the inhalation method that may cause some breathing complications. And then, Natalie, you were talking about irritated skin. Right. So there's 
a lot of topical treatment. Right. A lot of research that hasn't been done. Right. So people don't know that when that oil is applied to the skin, there could be different side effects of an allergic reaction, skin irritation, especially with sun sensitivity, how that will respond. In addition, just like Heather mentioned, further research on essential oils need to take place on how it affects children as well as women who are pregnant or breastfeeding because we don't know how that will work as well as anyone who's on a current medication or treatment. We don't mm-hmm. know how that essential oil will respond with what they're yeah. currently taking. And if you're going to go with the topical method, I really do think it's important to test a very small area first just to kind of see how you respond to it. You don't know if you're going to have a reaction or something like that. So I wouldn't just go all in if you're going to try with the topical treatment. And are there recommendations to dilute the essential oil with some type of other a, a carrier, carrier oil. A carrier oil, exactly. That is something to be mindful of when you purchase your essential oils too, because some are sold already diluted in a carrier oil, or it could be the concentrated form. So be sure you look for that on the label when you purchase. I also think the point that you made about young children and being cautious with young children with essential oils, that sometimes as parents, especially when our kiddos are so little and there's not necessarily a lot of medicine that we can give them if they're not mm-hmm. feeling well, if they're stuffed up or congested, etc., that sometimes parents are looking for more natural remedies to help their help their little one feel better. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a, a, yeah. a good reminder that essential oils are not necessarily safe for, and for our little ones. And I'm going to add a comment here as well. I'm not a veterinarian, but there are some essential oils that really aren't safe for pets, specifically dogs. So I, I, I don't know that list off the top of my head, but I know that my dog is a part of our, as a family member. <laughs> and so that is a conversation I would have probably with the veterinarian to see, you know, we're using these in the home. Is that going to impact our pets? So keep them in mind, too, because they're smelling these things as well. Definitely, definitely good thoughts to keep in mind. So in thinking about essential oils and as we've discussed the different uses for them and thinking about how they might be used, are essential oils regulated? So many of the essential oils that are the most popular out there have been shown to be safe when they're used as directed. So again, inhalation or that topical treatment. But it is important to know that they are not regulated by the FDA or the Food and Drug Administration. So that means it isn't even required for these manufacturers of the oils to test for their quality and purity. And some companies will do that voluntarily, especially the ones that may sell to hospitals or hospice or other rehabilitation clinics and things like that. So the chemistry of the oils really is going to depend, and they're going to be different depending on where the plants are grown, the climate, season, the time of day when it's harvested even. the packaging methods, how it's stored, and even there's going to be some variability maybe among plants if it's the same species. So again, there's going to be differences if you're consuming, you know, one specific oil, if it's purchased from somewhere else. Right. And it's very different from drugs, a pharmaceutical drug, which is highly regulated and they are all made to be the exact same. They have the same amount of dose. That's not necessarily the case when it comes to essential oils. Right. And so I want to touch on that. While they're not regulated, the UK healthcare has actually approved four different essential oils for aromatherapy. And so those include ginger, lavender, peppermint, and sweet orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Right. So those are the ones with the most scientific support for improving health and wellness. However, within UK healthcare, only that trained professional is allowed to administer them as therapy. So we want to keep that in mind as well. But if you are looking for aromatherapies that are mm-hmm. maybe not, they're not regulated, yeah. but are A little more evidence-based would be that ginger, lavender, peppermint, and sweet orange. 
I think that's great information. And, and then it also goes back to, as you talk about UK healthcare, of involving your healthcare provider in any recommendations in terms of using essential oils to treat specific yeah, conditions. Yeah, for sure. for sure. So one thing that I've noticed just in the essential oil marketplace, if, at, if it's at the grocery store or a local health food store, et cetera, is that there seems to be drastic differences in costs among the same type of essential oil. So may, maybe the, the same scent of oil, mm-hmm. but that it could be drastically different from one bottle to the next. Why would that be? So it really kind of touches back on what we were just talking about, how some essential oils are regulated and some aren't. So there may be higher production costs when an essential oil um, is being tested for purity and quality. So they may that may be reflected in the purchase price. If the oils are being sold by a representative or a consultant for a company, um, just kind of keep in mind that those tend to be more expensive because the person selling them also is going to be making money in addition to the producer. So that's going to reflect a little bit higher cost. And then um, there are a lot of essential oils that are considered organic, and those are most likely always going to be more expensive because those plants are grown organically. So there may be more costs there as well. And then some plants are simply more expensive to grow and harvest, or it would take more plant material that needs to be grown in order to get an amount of essential oils out. That's a good point. So it's going to probably be a little bit more expensive as well. And then finally, some of the essential oils may have a very generic name. So an example would be cinnamon oil, but that doesn't mean that cinnamon oil is coming from the same species of plant. So there could be multiple species of plants that are producing what we know as cinnamon oil. And some of those plants may be cheaper and easier to harvest and grow. And then some may be more difficult. So those are just some of the things to kind of keep in mind. This has been, I think, great information today of just helping consumers understand more about essential oils and what we really truly know from a research or, or evidence base. Uh, any final thoughts that you all may have as we wrap up today? Yeah, I think the main thing is just like we don't encourage anyone to use essential oils as a replacement for seeking care from Absolutely. a healthcare provider or if you have any um, specific health conditions. And just like you said, remembering that further research is needed to determine how essential oils could affect children, women who are pregnant or breastfeeding, as well as how they can interact with medication and other treatments. So if you do use essential oils and you are on some type of medication, make sure that you talk to your healthcare provider about that and how to apply it and let them know what you're using, as well as Like we just mentioned, if you're going to purchase, do some research and find out who the vendor is and get that background information and talk to your physician about it. I think probably one of the real take-home points for consumers is that healthcare does recognize that aromatherapy and essential oils can have healing and Mm -hmm. health benefits, but just that consistent reminder of making certain that you're engaging with your healthcare professional and that you are using them properly so that it is working towards improving your overall general health. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.